0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 122. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst.
1: Good to see you, Kelly. (laughs) This is Brett Hurst.
0: And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. I'm
1: so excited.
0: All right. Well, today's episode is called Potluck. Potluck. For those of you who... Is that kind of an antiquated term nowadays? It was used a lot when I was a kid. We had potluck suppers at our church. Uh But I wonder if people really use that term anymore. Potluck?
1: Well, I don't know. (laughs) I think it depends on your family and maybe what part of the country you grew up.
0: Well, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take some questions that have come through Home Encouragement. Sometimes we get an email from a listener or we get a comment just from some couple that we're working with. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of collect those in a folder and then sometimes we throw them out in a podcast episode. So that's what today is. So I'm going to ask you, Brett, to be sort of the go-to guru for some of these questions and oh, try to answer them.
1: How ominous <laughs> is this?
0: Okay. This is this is a listener question that came in via email. What do you do when you're bored in your relationship?
1: What do you do when you're bored in your relationship? Mm-hmm. That's a fair question. I it think- is a
0: fair question because I was just having a conversation with a woman yesterday about this. And she said, we've been married seven years, or I I think that was about the, and she said, I just, you know, we don't have that kind of fuzzy, cozy, crazy thing anymore. And I was like, well, that's kind of normal, right? Seven years, you know, you don't have that chemical fog that you had in the beginning.
1: To help you get excited, yeah, necessarily, at all times. Yeah. So, like you said, a long marriage is just that. It's it's a long time together, which is one of the great benefits of being able to be married for a lifetime, you know, as they navigate all these changes and so forth. But, yeah, it's just like being at a job for a long time. You can find yourself... In a rut or routine, you know, that you all of a sudden it just kind of sneaks up on you and you go, well, wow, that, mm-hmm. uh, what does it all mean or that kind of thing? Yeah. So, I, you know, what we don't want to do is to change things up and change partners, so to speak. <laughs> you know, that, that's not the solution. <laughs> yeah. But I think change is a, an important option to consider, you know. Doing things differently, mm-hmm. you know uh, it could be as something as ridiculous as coming in the front door at the end of the day instead of the, <laughs> instead back, of the back door, door. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, being c- kind of facetious, but you know what are some things that can break up the routine have different conversations go back to conversations that you had when you were dating mm-hmm. when you were as you like to say sending out your best representative to, mm-hmm. to close the deal yeah, I just think there's some a whole lot of things you can do to approach Things differently. Mm -hmm. And I think conversation with your spouse about this is very important to just lay it out and say, I'm feeling kind of bored. It's not you necessarily, but it's just where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've had whatever health issues or problems at work or problems with the kids or, you -hmm. know, there could be a myriad of reasons that got you to this point, but, Mm -hmm. and then talk about together. I think most spouses who are committed to one another, at least, are going to be willing to be creative brainstorm with you and just say well we could try this or we could you know do something outside of our normal routine and i think it's also not a bad idea to bring in other help you know in the conversation Mm -hmm. professional help or a pastor or clergy or something you know somebody that is Kind of has your best interests at heart and wants to see your marriage succeed.
0: Yeah, because I think as much as we, most of us love having a routine and being settled and knowing that we're coming home to the same person every night, we also are human beings who thrive a little bit on change and spark and spontaneity. And, you know, like you said, Brett, when you're dating and when you're early married, everything's new. So it's exciting and fun. Kind of but, takes
1: care of itself. But the also
0: we're showing up in right. a way that's our best selves. And then we settle into that kind of comfortable space in marriage. And it, it is, it's very easy to just, seems like we do the same thing on our date night. It seems like we have the same conversations, you know?
1: Yeah. But I also want to say that routine in life is not a bad thing. No. And, and you know me, I like excitement, change, mm-hmm. even spontaneity and so forth. But there is strength in routine mm-hmm. as well. So I think you want to resist the temptation to categorize anything that is routine in your life, let alone your marriage and family, as a negative thing. Yeah. It's not. Always negative. It's sometimes it's no, extremely routine positive. It can be
0: very comforting, stabilizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we you know, Esther Perel, who we quote a lot, talks about how humans in relationships need both things. We need that, mm-hmm. we crave that stability, that routine, and we also crave that spontaneity and mm-hmm. spark, you know, and so it can, but I, I kind think. Kind of what, a pendulum. Yeah, but what you said is helpful. I think for, particularly if one person in the relationship is feeling bored, sometimes we'll hear from couples who are like, we're both just bored where we've hit a rut you know sometimes it's one person and the other spouse doesn't feel in a rut or bored right and it's it's easy for the person who's feeling bored to sort of look at that other person and be like he's boring she's boring but like you said go ahead and have the conversation and talk about because you never know your partner might want to spice things up too in a different way
1: yeah and i think my favorite antidote for this is to get a different Surrounding you know mm-hmm. some inexpensive trip away or whatever yeah. doesn 't have to be a long or expensive thing, yeah that can do a lot mm-hmm. even even just we 've talked about this for years, even staying at a nice hotel in town yeah. you know on a weekend, yeah might be just the shot in the arm that you need to I'm just telling you because re- when
0: you 're at home you're going to do laundry you 're going to watch the same t v shows mm-hmm. you're going to whatever get on the computer when you're at a hotel you don't have the same stuff in your surroundings, and mm-hmm. it's just easy, yeah, I like that you're always good, Brett, about saying we you know we need something to look forward to, something on the horizon, and mm-hmm. so that's good. I like that just you you just got to re up we're We're big about telling couples every single happy marriage at certain times in their relationship has to reinvent mm-hmm. and re-up and figure out how we're going to, because every dec- decade's going to be a little different.
1: Right. But again, I'll say if you're deeply depressed or you're having other issues, health issues or whatever, don't hesitate to involve other mm-hmm. professionals and mm-hmm. people that care about you. Yeah. Have that network of support around you. That's good. And and I think it's important to have a community of support like mm-hmm. you could get at a church or a synagogue or whatever.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's tackle another one. This has to do with technology in marriage relationship. What do we do about too much screen time? That, that, Phones and this, iPads and computers.
1: This is just a quick down and dirty thing. I mean, that's that's like four that's a four episode. <laughs> this is a real problem right now. I mean, yeah. it affects all of us and we're all struggling with it and we're all getting our brains rewired mm-hmm. to our own addictive tendencies, you know, Mm -hmm. even people that wouldn't consider themselves prone to addictive behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all, I think, getting sucked into this. Uh, Yeah,
0: a couple of interesting uh, stats to share. One is 85% of surveyed smartphone users say they use their device while speaking to friends and family. 85%.
1: What does that mean?
0: Meaning, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone in person, uh-huh. you're checking your phone. You're looking at your oh, phone. You're it's, scrolling It's in your, your hand. Or yeah. You, okay. And I just, you know, Brett, you tell me about recently someone was talking about being in a meeting and everyone was, they were in a meeting, but everyone was on their phone. Right. And I thought, well, when did that happen, that a work meeting became... It's okay to just be scrolling on our phone. And I I know sometimes you're doing work on your phone. You're putting something on your calendar or something like that. But I think for the most part, people are just absolutely doing it out of habit.
1: Right. Well, I've told this before, maybe on the podcast where I was, when smartphones first came out and I was at a mall and walking behind three girls who were all on their smartphones Uh and having a conversation as I got closer to them, you figured out they were talking to each other. Yeah. On their phones. (laughs) On their phones.
0: But they're standing right there,
1: side walking side by side,
0: well, here's another interesting statistic in a recent survey on phone use. One in ten couples admitted to checking their phone during sex. Hmm. <laughs> I just can't handle the I wouldn't be able to like just. Because I, <laughs> I am over fifty, so I don't do the thumb texting or the thumb scrolling. I right. do the I hold my phone in one hand Peck. and use my other my right. index finger in my other hand to scroll around. So I would not be able to do this. During yes, sex. Uh, but one in ten—that's a lot. I mean,
1: <laughs> I need your full out attention.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Scrolling on your phone during sex. No, I think that is not okay.
1: I think think we better move on.
0: But one of the things we do encourage couples to do is to talk about a screen downtime plan. You know, whether that means maybe there's certain hours in the evening where we just have our phones put away, During meals, we're at the table together, no phones allowed. A lot of families will do that with their teenagers. Make sure you, by the way, as adults, are modeling what it looks like to limit screen time so Mm -hmm. that your kids aren't confused by that. Right. Some people will say on weekends, they'll have a whole maybe all day Saturday or all day Sunday. It's no screens, you know.
1: Which I try to do. You know, I know you try to do that to a certain degree as well. Mm -hmm. One thing you have to be aware of when you do that is that you've got to train your colleagues and Uh fellow work people and family members and the people that are expecting to have accessibility to you, Mm -hmm. that there are going to be those times when they're not going to be able to get a hold of you, and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you need to communicate that verbally to your team. Other times, just your behavior, that the fact that they're not going to get a response back at eight o'clock at night teaches them, you know, I'm, I'm...
1: our son has been pretty definitive throughout his life, throughout his career with smartphones. Yes, to... go
0: days and days without getting a response from our son. Okay, moving on to a different question. How much time should a couple spend apart from each other? I thought this was an interesting question. And actually, this came from a, a newlywed couple. And so they're ad- just starting out.
1: My answer would be, how much time do you want to spend apart from each other? <laughs>
0: Well, I think in this, knowing the couple who asked this question, they spend a lot of time together. They enjoy doing lots of hobbies and interests together. Mm -hmm. It was the wife that was actually asking the question of, you know, I like to go out with my girlfriends once in a while or, you know, maybe even spend a little time just reading on my own or something like that. I think she's a little more of an introvert. He tends to be, want to be around people a lot, want to be around her a lot. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I'm having I, I don't want to come across as though I don't want to be around him. But she said, I also recognize that when we have some separateness, I enjoy kind of coming back to him again.
1: Right. Everybody needs Time away.
0: Yeah. But I think the idea here is to be able to communicate the fact that that's a healthy thing. A couple who spends every minute together. It's just it's not enough separateness. Mm -hmm. You're you're either going to one of you or both of you are going to grow tired of each other or it's just not a healthy thing to not have autonomy Mm -hmm. from each other. So I you know, I don't know that we could answer that in terms of, oh, in a given week, you should spend this amount of hours apart. I can't
1: answer it that way, but I would answer it this way. How much time should a couple spend apart from each other? Enough time to make it exciting to be together again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. Thank you. Good answer, Brett. Hurst. <laughs> One more question on our potluck episode. This was a, this was a came from a husband. This question did. How should I handle the fact that my spouse has a habit that I don't care for, like smoking? He says, for the most part, we both make pretty healthy choices. We both try to eat right. We exercise regularly. But she occasionally likes to smoke cigarettes and I really don't like it. He says, how do I talk to her about it without coming across as holier than thou?
1: Boy, this is tough. Yeah. I think, you know, setting aside time where, you know, it's like you always say how important it is to have hard conversations in the most optimum settings, Mm -hmm. you know, time, place, all that. So Mm -hmm. that would be one thing I would say. The other is if you're going to, get into a question that might end up making you look like you're holier than thou you want to lead with what are things that I do that might drive you crazy or mm-hmm. or frustrate you or whatever because and maybe it's even something that I do that annoys you because you're concerned for me mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. and kind of lead with that start with that not not to manipulate the conversation but just to be honest and kind of go first yeah you know in being vulnerable in that regard yeah. and that might Open the conversation up better, but these these are hard conversations.
0: Yeah, and you know, I we particularly always,
1: particularly if addictive behavior is yeah at hand.
0: And it sounds like in this, you know, what he's describing here is not that she doesn't smoke even every day, mm. but it's just something that she does once in a while. And I think it's important to break down, you know, decide or to separate the idea of is this a habit that you don't like just because you don't like the smell uh-huh. or you don't like the. Or are you concerned for her health? And maybe it's both. Right. But I would say lead with the concern for the health or right. concern for the person, not leading with so much of that stinks. Right. Or right. A it. That's a be-
1: disgusting habit or something. Yeah, because right.
0: I think when you lead with that, you already create the shame and the stigma and the disconnect
1: right. between each other. You could also be vulnerable about. Any fear you have uh, uh-huh. that's tied to the issue, right? You know, if,
0: yeah, or a lot-
1: if it's a health concern, yeah, you know, I don't want to go through life by myself. You yeah, know?
0: yeah. But I also eventually, and we always have to land here, is you cannot control your partner, you cannot make them change. Mm-hmm. It's that's you're going to hit your head against the wall the rest of your life. If you're if you're thinking that that's going to happen. Right. So eventually you have to let that person have autonomy and just navigate how you communicate about it. Mm -hmm. If she never gives up the cigarettes, if that's always a vice that she wants to have Mm -hmm. your desperation's not going to make that happen. Right. You know,
1: I think it's also important to pray for patience, Mm -hmm. for a long suffering attitude. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, back to the conversation, just tremendous discernment and Mm -hmm. And tremendous
0: respect when you're communicating those
1: respect and sensitivity. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, well, I don't know if we, I hope we did okay with these questions. Well. In our potluck episode.
1: Time will tell.
0: <laughs> well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And if you're enjoying Marriage to the Max, help us keep it going by supporting our nonprofit, Home Encouragement. Just go to homeencouragement.org and click the donate button because any amount helps. We also hope that you would rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps us to have more visibility and get the word out for marriage to the max. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.